New information about Ethan Crumley's behavior leading up to the Oxford High School shooting makes things look even worse for Ethan's parents and school administration. Ethan waives his right to a preliminary hearing and his parents fight for lower bail. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. It's just one of those days. Lots of research to do, lots of work to do, lots of stuff going on. What can I say? Right. Also, Finally made a trip out to go to uh, get a Diet Cherry Limeade at Sonic, you know. So, <laughs> well, life <congratulations>. is grand. <laughs> I know that's your favorite thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. it, well, believe it or not, the whole time Mars has been home, we have not been out to get a Diet Cherry Limeade. So, we figured I we cannot get believe on it. it. I, I can't believe she's tolerated that. I know. In the summer, I think we got one like every day for months. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, we're fine. That's all. Well, good. Well, I have good news. I don't have COVID. Yes, thank Yay. God. Glad for that. Got the tests, but you know. Yes. Feeling a little better tonight. Starting to kind of rally here. Rhonda's about two days behind me, so she's sort of on the opposite end, not rallying, mm-hmm. you know. But we're we're coming through it, you know. <laughs> it's so weird that doctors will just tell you, oh, well, you just have a virus, you know, just rest for a few days and drink water. But what if it's the virus? Then it's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. So it's either the virus or it's a virus. There's right. like nothing in between. No. <laughs> My son said, well, did the test show what it might be? I said, no. That's not how this works at all. They don't care. No. <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If it's not the virus, then you're fine. It's just a weird place we're in you know because Mm -hmm. i'm very prone to viruses because of my primary immune deficiency and so before covid i didn't really do much about viruses if i knew it was just a virus i didn't even go to the doctor nothing i'm like yeah there's a virus you know unless i like home yeah yeah exactly and now i'm like oh shit it's a virus you know i know so weird just living in crazy land we are yeah well, well, I'm glad you're feeling a little better. Yeah, I'm so me glad too. it's not the vid. Yeah, Ugh, me too. Me too. Yeah. All right. Well, I we're gonna get started with our first segment of the show, mm-hmm. which is racial injustice. So let me yes. kick us over to that. So tonight's racial injustice segment is something that happened on Saturday. And we're still learning whether this is a racial injustice case or not. I'm going to just lay out some uh, information for you guys and let you be the judge. And I think we'll see this uh, play out down the road as well. You may have already seen some video and stuff about this, particularly on TikTok. There is a very graphic video out there. We aren't going to show it. Um, 
we've already been in trouble with TikTok and don't want to be in trouble with YouTube for graphic content. So we're not going to show it, but I will provide a link in the show description. So if you'd like to go watch it, you're welcome to just know that um, there is the, the deceased victim is in the video and that's why I decided not to share it. But um, at any rate, this incident happened on Saturday afternoon. This happened in North Carolina in Fayetteville. And there's basically two uh, going stories. The first of which is that an adult man ran into traffic and jumped on a moving vehicle and pulled the windshield wiper off of the vehicle and started beating the windshield with it and shattered the windshield. At that point, the the driver windshield of the wiper? vehicle. Mm-hmm, at that point, the driver of the vehicle shot the male subject and notified 911. The male subject was pronounced dead on the scene. This is what was said initially what? by the Fayetteville uh, police. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah, sorry. We'll I just none of this is. No, it doesn't. I haven't read this whole story, so none of this is tracking for me. This is what the shooter said happened. He, the man that was shot's name is Jason Walker. He was 37, a black male. Uh, he was shot by a man who is a deputy. He was an off-duty deputy at the time of the shooting. Mm. And this was just his vehicle, right? And his wife and daughter were inside. So this that is what he says happened. There are witnesses saying that is not at all what happened. Witnesses are saying that the victim was run over by the driver of the, the pickup. He was driving a red uh, Ford F-150. Of course. And the man driving uh, is Lieutenant Hash. Lieutenant Hash, we finally know this now, who he has been placed on administrative leave pending an internal investigation. Of course, this is... What we do, right? You know, anyway. So victims are saying that Jason was just trying to cross the street and that Hash ran him over. And then Jason stood up and tried to stagger away. And he jumped out of his truck and shot him in the back multiple times. Witnesses are saying they heard four shots. The officer or, or the family is saying that Jason was shot in the back two times. But he could have missed. At twice. this point, one of the witnesses, Elizabeth Ricks, witnessed this. And she and her husband immediately came to the scene to offer aid. She is a trauma nurse's aide. And so she has some you know, training. And so she immediately went to the aid of the victim. There's a lot of things about this that are really disturbing. Besides the fact that his account and the account that the witnesses are giving are very different. Now, there is one witness, uh, according to the police, there is a witness who said that they never saw him hit the victim. If you go look at the video, the victim looks like he's partially under the truck on the driver's side. 
and he looks his his body looks like maybe he's been hit like it's hard for me to look at that and think he wasn't of course there just needs we need to see what the autopsy says and frankly i think his family better get an independent autopsy but at any rate that's uh so so there's a lot of varying things so the police chief says that he his story uh, checks out because the windshield wiper was torn off and the window is broken in a few places. Now, he said initially his windshield was shattered. That's not really true. But supposedly... How, how would you shatter a windshield with a windshield wiper? I can't imagine how you could do that. I really no. cannot. I really cannot. I can't imagine how a windshield wiper is just a little tin object would have the force needed to shatter a windshield. I don't know. I asked my husband if he thought it was possible because he's a car guy. And he said, maybe if you were really swinging hard, but part of the reason that people are having a tough time with this story is so hash says that this guy ran out in front of him. And so he stopped. There's no skid marks in the road. There's no indication that he came to a halt. That's a 50 mile an hour road. 45 to 50. That's what I'm reading from people is that people go 45 to 50 on that road. So if he ran out in front of him, he would have had to slam on his brakes to not hit him. He right. says he ran out of in front of him. So he stopped the car. Well, this was the second thing he said. First, he said he jumped onto his moving car. Then he said, no, no, he stopped. And then he jumped on his car. I don't know about you, what? but I can't imagine anyone being able to leap onto a car that's going 45 miles an hour. No. And a Ford F-150, that's a tall truck. That's a tall truck. I yeah. couldn't leap up on there if it wasn't moving. Are you freaking kidding uh, me? I, I mean, know. Obviously, the victim's probably quite a bit taller, but still, like, that's not an easy thing mm -hmm. to do. And a moving vehicle? No. Yeah. No. So the stories just, they don't add up. They don't track. And then, like I said, there are witnesses saying that none of those things happened. He never jumped up on his vehicle. He hit him. And then got out of his truck and shot him. And that's what happened. Well, okay. Even if the jumping on the vehicle and the windshield wiper thing happened, that was a reason to shoot and kill him? No, it was not. What makes Jeff hash? Yeah. Well, I'll tell it you what. Him... He's a cop. That's what. Mm -hmm. That's what makes him think that's okay. The video is very frustrating and disturbing because in the video... He's standing in front of the open door, the driver's side door. Down back by the back tire, we have our victim on the ground bleeding out. We have this woman on the ground trying to administer aid to him. And we have him chatting on the phone with his boss. He made Didn't absolutely aid. no effort to render aid. He did nothing. Nothing. He Deciding did manage to... Get a towel to her and told uh, on the 911 call, he did say that we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're plugging the holes now. There was no we. Well, and plugging Elizabeth the holes. Says, yeah. And Elizabeth says that she asked him repeatedly where he shot him so that she could try to staunch the bleeding and he wouldn't tell her. He treated her like she shouldn't be there initially. Initially, oh, he well, said something along the lines of move along. But when he called 911, he told them he was dead. He didn't check him. He didn't go near him. He just said, oh, yeah, he's dead. He's already dead. 
And then, of course, this woman comes to his aid and says, he's not dead. He has a pulse. Oh, okay. I guess he's not dead. Yeah, we're, we're, try we're plugging the holes now. It's really disturbing. The 911 call is just as disturbing. Talk about him like he's a real person. No. Oh, no. He's just kind of standing there. He talks on the phone the whole time until the police get there. The police also do nothing to offer aid. And they all said it's because there was already a medical professional there offering aid. Well, kind of. But they didn't. Just a bystander again. trying desperately to help. Oh, my they God. They did not act like there was a human oh. dying on the ground at all. At all. Oh. At one point, the this officer awesome. or the lieutenant of the hash says on the phone, yeah, they're hostile. They're, it's, they're being hostile towards me here. And there's a man standing there that says, that is not true. Don't you effing say that. It's like hostile. Someone is dying. You just killed someone in front of these people, you dumb fucker. Oh, my God. About it. It is so awful. Anyway, so, of course, unfortunately, Jason does die. And, oh you God. know, and the EMTs take over at whatever point. And then Elizabeth yells at him, kind of goes after him, you know, for what she just saw him do. Yeah. And the police really tell her off and send her back to her car and act like she's just really the jerk. When the police get there, they just stand around and chat with him. And they start getting a few victim statements. But again, there is literally a man bleeding out next to them on the ground that they are paying absolutely no mind to at all. Racist it's like there's not assholes. even a person there. So <sighs> the they do not disarm him. They don't disarm him. They don't he take just his shot gun? a person and they don't even disarm him. He's walking around. With his gun holstered on his hip the whole time. Oh, my God. Like, how was anyone else safe there? You no know? one is. No. So now, now that he's on administrative leave and the police are really being forced to have to do something. And now the investigation has been moved out of their hands and into the hands of the state. Thank God. Now they're saying, and the FBI looks like is... Uh, like involved on the periphery as well. But now they're saying that they do have his weapon in custody. Uh, it's not his police weapon, I think. The first article I read said it was. The second two articles I read said it wasn't. So I don't know. I can't say definitively. Sure. We don't know. But they do have that weapon in well, custody now. Did this police officer have a history with Jason? Did he know Not him? Not that I know of. Not that I know of. But this is very preliminary. There's a lot we don't know. And so I just, there's a lot we can't really say yet. I also don't know what his history is. I tried to find that today, um, you know, with brutality or with black people. Yeah. Like what kind know. of cop is he? Don't know. Oh, shit. Well, that's it. what. I'm pretty sure we can tell. Yeah. And he had people, he had his family in the car with him mm -hmm. when this happened. Mm -hmm. And this is a picture of both of them. He did. And that's one of the things he yelled back at Elizabeth. I'm just keeping my family safe, ma'am. I'm just keeping my family safe, ma'am. Safe? What? From what? Even if, even if what he says is true, and that's pretty sketch, but even if it was yeah. true, why did Jason Walker need to die? Why? Didn't. Definitely why? did not. But this is what cops do now. If someone does something they don't like, they just kill them, especially if they're them. black. 
Yeah. Like this is apparently their training now. Like this is getting to be absolutely outrageous. And uh, there is another hate crime that has just happened in Fayetteville. And we'll cover that in another episode, but there's a big problem happening right in this uh, city right now. So that's basically what we know right now. Um, again, I will link the video. Uh, you guys are welcome to go watch it if you want to. If you don't, I understand that. But uh, you can, uh, you know, you can you can make your own assumptions or, uh, you know, come to your own conclusions from it. And again, we'll keep a really close eye on this playing out. There have been protests in Fayetteville every night since this happened. They have been peaceful. But people are demanding that the police really investigate this and do something. Uh, yeah, this guy doesn't need to be on administrative leave. He needs to be in jail. Why has he not been arrested? Why has he not been arrested? And the, the way they handled it. The way they handled it. The way they just didn't, uh, you know, didn't do anything to secure him when they got here. No, and didn't do anything to render aid to Jason? Yeah. My God. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And again, there are witnesses saying that Hash did hit hit him with their truck. Now, one of the things that uh, the well, police mean, chief is saying. An autopsy will show if he was hit by the vehicle. The police chief is saying that the truck's computer did not record any impact. And so they just don't think that that's true. She also says we have no witnesses that anyone was hit by his truck. Uh, excuse me, but Elizabeth Ricks is a witness. She was there, so was her husband, and they're both saying that he was hit by the truck, and they're just not including them as witnesses. What in the hell? But also, Elizabeth and her husband are receiving death threats and are feeling very unsafe. Elizabeth's been super outspoken. You know, she shared her video immediately and shared the story. She went to the march. She's been to the protests and, and she has spoken at them. She's talked to some reporters. Like, she's not pulling any punches. She's telling her story. Good she is her. so mad, so mad about this and how she, you know, she believes that she just watched someone be murdered right in front of her. Right. And that's that's what she saw. That's her, you know, experience. And yeah, she and her husband are seriously in, in danger of their lives and or, or feeling like their lives are in danger at this point. Well, they need to ask the FBI to help them and protect they them. They do. They do. Because sure. I don't think they can trust. But it kills me else. that the police are saying, yeah, no one saw that. Um, except for these two witnesses right here. Except for people who did. So what does that mean? Yeah. Well, but, you know, they're screwed because this video is all over the world now. Mm-hmm. And they can say whatever they want, but it's on video. The way you he know? just casually stands there chatting on his phone while oh, she is cool. desperately scrambling on the ground to try to save this guy's life. It's unbelievable. Oh, it's God. as if there is not a human being at his feet dying. Because to him, he apparently, there's not. Shot. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's, uh, that's, that's it. That's a... That was a lot longer than a brief segment, but we wanted to get this story out this week. It's very important at this point. You have to hear about it. So we will cover again when we have more definitive information too. Yeah, we'll be keeping a close eye on this one. So, Christy, I'm going to turn the mic back over to you for our main case. Yes. So our main case tonight is an update on 
the Ethan Crumbly and his parents' uh, legal situation. Ethan Crumbly, you'll probably know, uh, mm-hmm. is accused of a school shooting at Monroe High School. And this was a couple of months ago. And uh, a, a lot of things have happened in this case. So Ethan Crumbly's parents are currently in jail, charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter. You'll probably remember that they ran mm-hmm. uh, when the police were looking for them. And the police had to, you know, they took a day to find them. Uh, they did try to run. Of course, they abandoned their 15-year-old son who had just you know, been arrested for a school shooting. Don't even get me started on what kind of trash people these people are. Yeah. Right now, their big fight is to try to get their bond reduced so that they can get out. Mm-hmm. And the judge is not having it. And they're right now being held on $500,000 bonds each. Mm-hmm. And they've tried two or three times now to get their bond reduced. And the judge is like, dude, you ran. We are not letting you out. Mm-hmm. Also, the prosecutor keeps coming forward with more and more information that is really beyond sickening and mm-hmm. shocking and just more reason to keep these fools in jail. Totally. totally. So there's a big lawsuit right now that is happening this is a lawsuit um, on behalf of the families of the four children who were killed yeah. in this school shooting. And, uh, oh, sorry, my news story just changed pages to a different news story. That's not what I was looking for. There we go. Um, so, because basically the school screwed up big time. Yeah. The parents have screwed up. The school has screwed up. There were so many opportunities to for this to have not happened at all and mm-hmm. that was not the case no in any way so here's some things we didn't know had happened with Ethan Crumbly uh a couple of weeks before the shooting he brought a bird's head in a jar to school mm-hmm. and left it in the boys bathroom on the day before the school shooting, he brought bullets to class. Now, yeah, we the knew, day his mother texted him and told yeah. him you need to learn how to not get caught. Yes, yeah. that day. Yes. And that was also the day that his teacher caught him researching ammunition on his phone. Mm-hmm. But he literally brought physical bullets into the classroom. Yeah. Um. What? You know, okay, so we know. Why was this kid at school at all? Right. Why was this kid at school at all? Because it turns out that things have been going wrong for Ethan for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, At one point, there are some allegations that uh, Ethan videotaped himself torturing animals at home. And that he texted his mom multiple times about ghosts and demons in their house. Mm -hmm. Uh, Several indications that he was actually hallucinating. Mm -hmm. Um, He made Molotov cocktails at home. Mm -hmm. He also drew a sketch of himself shooting up his school in a journal. And he also texted a friend, it's time to shoot up a school, JK. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So these are all things that had been going on prior to the shooting. These are things that his parents knew about. Mm -hmm. And they were not assisting him in seeking mental health help. Mm -hmm. We're not concerned about his behavior or the things going on with him. No, instead they were buying him a gun. Yeah, instead what they did was buy him a gun. And I mean, we know on the day of the shooting that they were called in because he, you know, had drawn and written some very disturbing things on his math homework. And that here's something I didn't know. Did you know that that school actually has a safety officer? And that they did not include the safety officer in the conversation with Ethan and his parents? The person who would have, should have searched his backpack wasn't included in the meeting. Was not included in the meeting. Mm -hmm. So these are all things coming to light. There's a lot going on here about what was going on with Ethan leading up to this. There there Mm -hmm. are so many indications here. Mm-hmm. That this school shooting could have been prevented mm-hmm. by Ethan's parents and also by Ethan's school. Definitely. It, Ethan also had uh, apparently had a deep uh, fascination with Nazis. Right. And had purchased some piece of Nazi paraphernalia off of the Internet that he was displaying in his bedroom. They found a notebook that had a bunch of Nazi symbols drawn in it. And then on the next page was a grocery list. Like yeah. just a family notebook, apparently, that people were using. And he's drawing all this stuff. And his parents are just, just letting all these red all flags fly. Yeah. Ignoring all of it. They just didn't give a shit. Well, wasn't didn't it come out that his mother was having an affair during this time? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so her attention was definitely not on him. Well, ooh, their attorneys took a lot of umbrage of that, to that. Um when they were in court this last time arguing for another bail reduction, that that is irrelevant. And, you know, they had a lot to say about how they had no right to say anything about that or investigate that. And that's just an attempt to uh, cause division amongst the uh, two uh, defendants. And I think the judge Are at you this freaking point is like, kidding me? shut up. Yeah. yeah. All of this is relevant because this comes down to parents who did not give a shit about their mm-hmm. child and were not protecting the rest of the community mm-hmm. from their child. Yep. So another thing that did just happen is that Ethan's attorney waived his right to a preliminary hearing. Okay. Now a preliminary hearing is a hearing that's held to basically prove to the judge that the prosecution has enough evidence to carry this case over for trial. And basically, his public defender said, we just concede that there is enough and we don't have to have the trial. And so that means that he has been uh, carried over into district court and is Mm -hmm. prepping. They are prepping now for his trial. Mm -hmm. If there will even be one, I really question if there will actually even be a trial or if he will have there will be a plea going Mm -hmm. on here. I have real questions now, though. Normally, a 15-year-old kid cannot re- just be represented by a public defender, but also has to have a parent present for these things. Right. And uh, his parents are in jail and basically charged with the same crimes he's charged with. Right. 
I don't so I'm know. Then, will they consider him like a ward of the state and award him a guardian Maybe or something like he that? He may need to have a guardian ad litem. I know yeah. that they are they have charged him as an adult, mm-hmm. but he's not actually an adult not for an representation adult. purposes and for like taking a plea. Right. I don't think he can take a plea without a guardian also saying okay to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have real questions about this because this is such an unusual situation where his parents are in jail and are charged with the same crime that he's charged or, yeah. you know, or with yeah. basically in participation in, yeah. in his crimes. And so very curious about how this is going to go. I yeah. really doubt he'll go to trial. No. Um, I, I think his public defender will try to get a deal for him, you know, probably. I would mm-hmm. imagine try to get a deal for him that gets him out by the time he's 21. We'll see. I don't know if they'll go for it, but I do wonder if that's what they're going to try and shoot for. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Kremlis continue to just sit there, useless, waste mm-hmm. of skin asses mm-hmm. in jail because yeah. the judge is like, I'm not lowering no. your bond. No. You no. ran once. We're not going to let you do it again. And, and the arguments from their attorneys are so flat. There's, They have no good argument for it whatsoever. No, other than, we just don't want to be in jail, Your Honor. Oh, they were such brats in court. Oh, my God. They were terrible. They were rude. They kept shaking their heads. And she rolled her eyes at one point at some evidence that was uh, allayed. She, they are such jerks. So disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And, like, I still don't think that they're quite taking this seriously. Mm-hmm. Agree, and they are each charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter. Yeah, like, this is not going away. No, the judge is not going to let it go away, and the prosecutor is definitely, definitely. not going to let it go away. No, so one of the other things we learned is that the very day that Ethan shot up the school, they drained Ethan's bank account. Oh, yeah, that day, that day. Well, because that's when they ran. Mm-hmm. That's when they ran. That's when um, his mother texted a friend after the shooting and said, "He, Ethan has sealed his fate. I have to take care of me now. I yeah. mean, oh, okay. Well, obviously, you've been very, uh, you've been a high-quality mother mm-hmm. and a high-quality father mm-hmm. this whole time. These useless people. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. I cannot... I mean, he's just been completely abandoned. Yeah. I mean, they he didn't even know for a wh- quite a while there that they were in jail. The same jail as him. Yeah. And they, they were, were keeping all him under separate. the same roof. And he didn't know. He yeah. didn't know. His attorney had to tell him. Mm-hmm. Just, it's just His attorney, by the way, is so sweet. Yeah. And kind. And... Say what you will about Ethan. I know he shot up a school and I don't have any real sympathy for any of that. Oh, he murdered four kids. He murdered four kids. But I feel very sorry for Ethan in the sense that Ethan needed help that he didn't get. Ethan obviously is in the middle of a mental health crisis. Right. Ethan has parents who have not taken care of him. And I'm glad that he has an attorney that's kind. You know, I, I, I am too. I do. And because this is obviously, I mean, it's just their behavior since the incident has shown you exactly mm-hmm. what kind of parents they are. Mm-hmm. They don't give a shit about this kid. No, they don't. They could not care less about what's going on with him. No. Nope. Oof. 
anyway, so that was the update that we wanted to share about yeah. the Crumleys, and we will continue to follow this case and let you know. And one yeah. of the reasons that we are following it is this is a landmark case because these parents have been charged for their involvement mm -hmm. because they provided the gun, they ignored sign after sign after sign uh, of the mental health and, and, you know, destabilization of their son. Mm -hmm. This is a big deal because well, for a long time. we've never seen it before. No, we've never seen it before. And, and this has been a question for a long time. When a minor shoots people at their school, what happens to the people that provided that weapon? Well, 99.999% of the time, not Nothing. a damn thing. Right. Yep. So it is good. I think that that's one reason why we wanted to follow this particular school shooting is that we're seeing some consequences for the adults in this situation. And that's very right. important. So we'll continue to share that with you. Yeah, definitely. And now for our final segment, let's hear about some creepy crime. <laughs> All right. Well, for our creepy crime segment today, this isn't a crime against people, but it is a crime against dogs, which oh, I think makes it even worse. Worse. Oh, my God. But there's no criminal. Let me tell you. I'll tell you all about it. Have you ever heard of the Overton Bridge in Scotland? No, I have not. Although it's very beautiful. It is beautiful. It is a walk uh, path that a lot of people walk their dogs and their families down this uh, over this bridge, down this path. Uh, it is a medieval uh, bridge that uh, there's not water below. There are jagged rocks well below and brush. Ooh. And for some reason, locals call this the suicide dog suicide bridge because for some reason, Dogs get on this bridge and go crazy and act completely berserk and throw themselves off the side of the bridge. Oh, no. Yeah. Why? Locals say that since the 1950s that they believe that 300 dogs have thrown themselves off the side of the bridge. There are even instances of dogs throwing themselves off the bridge, not dying, and coming back up to the top and jumping again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Okay, animal communicator, what is going on? Right? So there's been a bunch of, uh, there's been at least 50 dogs that have died, uh, you know, and, and hundreds that have jumped and been injured. But there's been a bunch of uh, studying to investigate this and figure it out. Is it possible that they are smelling something? You know, an animal or something, it's usually in the same spot or and it's sound? usually on sunny, dry days. So is there a small animal that they're smelling right in that spot that they've got to get to? Is there a sound? That's that what only... I mean. Is there a super high-pitched sound that upsets If there them? is, they haven't been able to pick up on it, even with equipment. Mm. Or is it haunted? That's the going right. theory with the locals is that there is some kind of spirit or poltergeist that is luring dogs off of the bridge. Well, we need to work on this. Right. Really interesting, that. isn't it? 
Yeah. Really interesting. So it's just well known in that town. If you're going over that bridge, you better have your dog secured because lots of people's dogs have gone over. Just uh, one lady particularly was, uh, I read an interview with her and her border collie. She said they were just walking across the bridge and her dog just went nuts, just not acting like itself at all. She said just a really weird energy came over that dog and she just ran at the side of the bridge and just flew over it. No hesitation, nothing like just went just for it. Went for it. Oh my and gosh. And she was so scared to even look over the edge because she figured she'd be dead. And she wasn't. She was injured, but she actually lived through it. Uh, but a lot of dogs don't, or they get like seriously, seriously hurt. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I just still keep hearing a sound. See, I wondered about that, too, because I was thinking about the Golden Gate Bridge. Because the Golden Gate Bridge was just reworked here like a year ago or so. And now when the wind blows hard, it makes a horrific sound right. that is bothering people for miles. It's awful. And I was thinking about this, except for that they said that it usually is on dry, warm, sunny days. Yeah. Not necessarily windy days or a day that... What sound? But but they brought in equipment to try to hear a sound, and they they can't hear it. They're not picking up anything. Hmm. I mean, is it possible that it's just so high pitched that no one's hearing it besides dogs? Maybe, but you'd think that their special equipment would hear would something. Put something like that up, even if it's outside of human hearing range. Wow! I, yikes! I hate this. I'm on the haunted train. I am. Are you? You're on the haunted train. I, I, what do you think it is? I don't know. I think there's something there, though, that is uh, overcoming dogs and convincing them to jump. I do. Well, I think we need to promise to follow up on this, and we need to work on it together and figure out what it is and see if we can clear it. Why don't we do that for Patreon? That's a good idea. We'll do it for Patreon. Because, you guys, we've cleared all kinds of weird places and weird oh. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking we could clear it so that no more dogs have to die because that's really yeah. awful. Horrifying. Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. So there you have it. That is some truly creepy crime. Yes, it is. Wow. All right. Well, watch for that coming up on Patreon uh, here, yeah. in, here this month of January. We're going to do a special show where we're going to work it out. We will just do a show where we talk about it. We're going to figure out what's going on with it. We're going to take care of it so that it doesn't happen anymore. Because that's what needs to happen with places like this. They need cleaned. Yeah, they need cleaned up. They do, definitely. So, all right. Well, it is our Wednesday case. Yeah. We will be back tonight with the Wednesday night case update. We have all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff to share oh, with boy. that. So mm-hmm. much. Some of it awesome. Some of it. Ooh, you're going to be so pissed. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of awesome. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll also be back tomorrow, Thursday night at 7 p.m. Mountain for the Psychic Hour. And of course, Wednesday night case updates and the Psychic Hour are both live streamed on YouTube and Facebook. And if you can't join us live, then of course we put them up on the podcast and, you know, everything's available after the fact as well. Mm-hmm. So. Do your thing, which is to like, subscribe, share, comment, 
spread us out there as far into the world as you can. We have grown so much in the last two years and, you know, we just started season three, but if, hey, if somebody you know might be interested in what we do, please share us with them. It's please. always much appreciated. Yeah. Very much. Well, you know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care. Thank <music> you.